0: into in to another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio, brought to you by M3S3 Clothing, Men Make Moves and Suckers Stand Still, and as always on the mighty, mighty, mighty Nerd DJ's Radio Network, Um, today we have a phenomenal episode, uh, a special time, 5 o'clock, we have Eloise Asylum's owner, John G. Hambrick, in the building. How you doing, bro?
1: Alright, man, how
0: you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How's life? How's your family?
1: Life is good. Family's well, you know. Just uh school. You know, uh everyday everyday life, man, you know, just trying to get through school and obviously we're in spooky seasons, so life's busy right now. Why
0: uh uh why uh the Eloise aside? Matter of fact, let's take it back a little bit. Um
1: give me a history of Eloise. So Eloise was purchased by Wayne County in 1839, um, but from Nankin Township. Um, Nankin, they purchased 900 acres um, from Nankin Township to establish a poorhouse. Um, The poorhouse was... uh, for people that were indigent in the city of Detroit um, to be able to come out here and live in the wilderness at the time, right? Because it was 16 miles from the center of Detroit in 1839, you know, like transportation was, you know, stagecoach. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was a journey to get out here. Um, It developed into a asylum for the uh, mentally challenged Eventually had a had a full fledged hospital on site, had an infirmary, um, at 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 the height of its uh, at the height of its you know progression, it had seventy eight buildings on nine hundred acres, right? So it was uh, one of the largest, if not the largest, asylum in North America. It housed it housed over ten thousand patients at one time. So um, it had its own zip code, its own fire department, its own police department, its own um, train stop from Chicago to Detroit. You stopped at Eloise. Um, they grew their own tobacco. It was fully self sufficient. They had farms. They had a piggery. They had a dairy farm. They had a cannery. Um, they also grew their own tobacco. I've seen a a package of tobacco, um, actually, um, that said Eloise on it at one time. <laughs> really, an historical museum has it. Um, it was an innovative uh, property. You know, the first X-ray that was ever shot was shot right here at Eloise. Um, First dialysis machine that was ever used was used here at the Eloise property. Um, So they had a lot of, there was a lot of progress here. Um, Yeah. So it uh, it was a large medical complex that did a lot of different things
0: i'm guessing that the people that lived there were committed correct most yes the people that were in the asylum were committed okay so they you know they didn't really have much say so as to what they got you know i guess that's why they had some of the technological advances because the population couldn't really uh complain about it absolutely what 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 were you thinking like like i'm like at what point did you look at this massive everything and say i want to purchase this
1: um you know so when i i was approached by the county um i'd done a lot of business with the county and um we uh i'm an affordable housing developer i've been in affordable housing for a very long time Uh I was approached by the county they had a They had some distressed properties that they were looking to, um, to get rid of. They, I mean, to be frank, this property sat on the market. I think it was listed for almost three years for a million and a half. It started off at 3 million and then dropped down to 1.5 and they didn't have one offer. Um, and it was costing the County approximately 556,000 a year to, um, to maintain the property. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was right after the Detroit bankruptcy, Wayne County was in a position where they needed to tighten their belt a little bit. So they had to get rid of some assets. So I was approached by a gentleman, um, in Mr. Uh, Evan's office and asked me, you know, if I was interested in a property that they owned. And, you know, I'm always interested in a property. I'm a, I'm a developer. I said, yeah, sure. Why not? Well, let me get you in, go check it out, and tell me what you think. So, uh, my business partner at the time, um, and I drove out here and we came in and we looked around and it was funny the day we got here, the fire alarm was going off. I mean, it was so loud in the main building. It was, you know, lights flashing, blinking everywhere, um, you know, just super loud. And, uh, you know, it was, um, it was, there was stuff just everywhere. Cause it's basically looked like the County just, they said, okay, you guys are done. And they just walked out the door. There were coffee cups sitting on the desk files sitting on, it was just kind of really eerie. And the top three floors of the building are the original asylum that it's been since 1931. um, Because when they, when the last patient left in the early eighties, they basically mothballed the top three floors and didn't use them. So it was just kind of like walking into a very loud and creepy building, you know? And, um, as we looked around the site, we're, you know, there's a lot of environmental issues on the site. Right. And, um, which I'm, you know, apt at noticing and I just kind of put my head around it and I went, man, there's. I don't think this is a feasible project. So when we laughed, I actually looked at my business partner and said, Hey, what did you think? And he said, yeah, man, I'm good. I said, yeah, me too. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, uh, so we laughed and then like two weeks later, I um, I got a, a phone call from the gentleman and he said, Hey man, what'd you think of that property you went and looked at? And I said, yeah, it's a great property. and you know, I didn't want to insult him, you know, and it is. <laughs> Probably, right? uh, but I said, I'm just really not interested. And he said, well, you know, what, come on, man, make me an offer. And I said, ah, you know, I just, I, I really don't have time right now. And I, I just, you know, I think it's too much, you know, for me to chew at this point, but you know, good luck. And he said, come on, make me an offer. And I said, I don't know. What do you? I said I'll, I'll give you a dollar for it. He says, "Will you take possession of it right away?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I'll take possession. If you give it to me for a buck, I'll take possession." What the, you know? And uh, he said, "Okay, submit your proposal." So we submitted our. There was an open uh, RFP on it, you know, to the public to request um, for ownership of Eloise, and there were two proposals. We were one and. Um, a non-profit was another, but they didn't want to take possession right away. We were the only ones that said we would take possession right away. So we won and, uh, and we got the property and I was originally going to do affordable senior on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, because Mishta has a scoring app that they, how uh, you get funding for that kind of project is you go through Mishta, and Mishta will score it out. It's competitive. And if you score high, then you're, you're, you're apt to get, you're not guaranteed to get the the financing, but you got a better chance. And we did, we scored very well on the original um, application when we first got the property. Uh, but then by the time they do it every six months, by the time the next round came out, because we weren't ready for the first round to submit, who you got to do a lot of due diligence to get there. They changed the scoring app and we didn't score anything. Oh, so now we have a property right that we have no funding on
0: that's costing you a half million dollars to upkeep a year,
1: absolutely right? Because as soon as I got it, they put me right on the tax roll because then you know they, it was never on the tax roll. Um, so you didn't consider like say, say, saying, Hey, you know what, give us a tax break too. You know, it's uh, I did consider that, but it's a market rate project. So the, could, can you go ask for it? Yeah. But you got to have a pretty valid reason why you need it. You know what I mean? Um, and I didn't, and the taxes weren't that, you know, crazy to where, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't afford it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, at the time. But I had a friend that was really big in the paranormal and he was bugging me. Hey man, Hey man, let me, uh, let me come in there and ghost hunt for the night. And I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. I was getting broken into almost every night of the week, you know, because there was 232 windows on the basement and the first floor that I had to try to keep people out of. And, um, I sense brick them all. We, uh, we went through almost 200 cubes of brick, breaking all the windows up on the basement and first floor. But, um, I thought, what the heck, it's free security for the night. Why not? You know? (laughs) (laughs) So I left in and the the guy that kind of was in charge of the group said, you should do tours on this place. And I'm like, why do you think it'd be popular? And he's like, oh my God, this is the holy grail of paranormal. And I'm like, okay. You know, I wasn't really into paranormal. It wasn't my thing. And so we put together these tours, we posted them, and we sold out in fifteen minutes from the last weekend in September to the first weekend in November—Friday, Saturday, Sunday—and um, then we'd add Thursday and it would sell out. We'd add Wednesday and it would sell out, and it was basically just bring your flashlight and walk around the building. I mean, really, that's all it was. And oh, uh, and how much were you charging for this? Forty dollars. So. You know, we did very well. I think we grossed like $325,000 that first year uh, in one month. So I'm kind of like, Hmm, I ought to rethink this thing, you know? And then I started digging into the history of the, of this place. Right. And I found out, you know, how much people love this place. People absolutely love this place. You know, um, either they've had a cousin that was here, uncle that worked here, um, you know, a mom that was a patient or a grandpa that, you know, got TB because back in the outbreak of tuberculosis, this was a, an infirmary and a lot of people lost their lives here due to TB. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone, everybody had some kind of connection to the place. That's and interesting
0: because that, that, that's what drew me to the interview. Um, actually, you know, rest her soul. My grandmother was, was, was a patient there. And okay. At one point, my mother actually worked there. Oh wow. What yeah, is she? Do? So she was a nurse. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, when I when I heard about it, I, I was like, Yeah, I definitely wanna want to talk to him about this. It's I'm familiar, you know. Sure.
1: Um, yeah. So I'm sorry, lot, I didn't mean to cut you, you off. understand too. it, right? You have that yeah. connection. Yeah. That, I get it. And people wanna be here just because of that, right? Mm-hmm. So I started rethinking it, you know, me and my partner and were like, Well what would be because obviously with a property like this, you've got to generate revenue. It just costs money to have it, you know? Yeah. It's what could we do to generate revenue and, uh, you know, keep people coming? And, uh, you know, we... Obviously, we we're doing the Haunted Attraction, which was ranked number one in the state, top five in the country um, last year. And we're in our third year of operations. Um, We are... Uh, still running paranormal tours because the building is haunted. I, I, I was a skeptic until, you know, I got to place. and Okay. So
0: what have you seen personally to give you that opinion?
1: So I was in the basement one time. There was a few things. One time I had an investor here when I first got the property and we went up to the fifth floor or to the roof. And I wanted to just kind of show him the overview of the whole place because you get really good. And then we were coming downstairs, and we were on five, and we were walking down the hallway. And um, I wanted to show them there's a there's a hydrotherapy tub that's actually left in the building where they used to do hydrotherapy. So I'm like, yeah, let me show you this, Derek. And as we were walking down the hallway, either a door slammed, or a file cabinet fell over, or something. It was such a loud boom that we both launched back. And almost came out of our shoes, right? Because it was dead silence. Then all of a sudden it was just boom. And we both looked at each other and went, I'm good. And he said, I'm good. <laughs> our way out of the building. You know? um, so whatever was there, didn't want us going down that any further. So we got the message, right? And then um, another time I was meeting some plumbers here. And I thought they were in the boiler room in the basement. And they weren't. They were actually on the other side of the basement. So I started walking down the basement hallway. And um, I uh, I heard really loud and clear in, in my one of the dark rooms, um, like, trying to get my attention. And I felt like a presence. And I was like, I just put my head down and kept looking straight, like, I ain't looking. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm not looking, you know, (laughs) I, uh, I, uh, and then another time I was, they were doing paranormal tours and they do what they do. They call these flashlight sessions, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they'll set up flashlights and they'll ask for them to shut them off and on on command. And I've seen them go off and on. Right. So I was just kind of like, what, you know, what is going on? Um, I, I'm like, this has got to be fake, right? And um, uh, this has got to be fake. So I was in the basement one time and there was a, a flashlight sitting, you know, up there that they were using. And I just grabbed it in my hand and I said, hey, could you do me a favor? If you're real, just turn the flashlight on. Flashlight pops on, right? I said, could you please shut it off? flashlight shuts off turns back on flickers and then shuts off again
0: yeah I would have never stepped back in that building again yeah
1: so (laughs) daughter's had her hair pulled
0: you must be you must be about to say you must must be in the parking lot or something (laughs) no somebody must have just called I am in
1: the parking lot Oh, yeah. the
0: what the, the phone did go black and then the the audio started messing up a little bit.
1: Yeah, the um uh I just turned my car on.
0: Oh, I yeah, because your audio just just is just went horrible.
1: Oh, is it bad? Hold on. Yeah.
0: It's almost like uh, like you, you 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 tapped into a walkie-talkie. That's crazy. Is that better? That's better? Yeah, that's much better. Okay. Okay, so I know it's it's a multi-million dollar renovation. How much of the property did you actually get?
1: All of it. So how many acres? 17 acres, yep, with five buildings. So are you using all five buildings? Currently, we are using the K-Beard building. And that's where the haunted attraction is. It's on the basement in the first floor and we run paranormal on three, four and five. We also run historic out of Mm -hmm. there. We have historic tours. um, And then we also have two state of the art escape rooms in the front on the first floor that are open year round. The back building um, is the Samaritas family center. So that actually houses 28 homeless families back there. It's been an operation since the mid nineties. Um, I mean, when I got the property, I'm, I'm a follower of, of, of Jesus Christ. And uh, I asked God, I'm like, God, why do you got me here? I don't understand it. You know what I mean? Like this is kind of, I don't know if this is in your will or not. And he, uh, I turned around and I looked at the family center and I audibly heard him say, make sure they're okay. Take care of them. Right. Hmm. So, We pay their taxes. We do stuff for the kids on Christmas and Easter. I just was able to uh, obtain a grant to get them a whole new roof. Um, So they got a brand new roof. Um, They've done some HVAC improvements um, since we've been here. So they've really upgraded that, um, which I'm grateful for. Um, And then there is the powerhouse. The powerhouse is what used to basically, you know, Powered the whole site when it was seventy-eight mm-hmm. built nine hundred acres. It powered all the, gave them all the electricity and all the steam on the property. Um, that's getting ready to come down. We're gonna uh, demo that because it's in really rough shape. Uh, it's basically falling down. So um, hopefully by spring that'll be gone. And then there's the old firehouse. Um, the firehouse is was built in eighteen ninety seven. Uh, It's the oldest building in Westland. Um, I re raftered that, saved the roof, rebuilt the uh, east wall on it, and um, uh, I'm going to turn that into the Eloise Firehouse barbecue. So I'd like to do a barbecue. I'm working on getting my liquor license right now. Okay. Uh, Should have that in the next couple months. Um, So that's kind of futurally, I'd like to have that as a spot where you could come, you know, eat, have a few drinks, hang out. I could tie different activities in with the main building to that building and put food in. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of what I'm thinking. But that's what's left on the property. Do you have a concert venue there? We did have our first concert just three weeks ago. We had the Motor City Roots Festival. Mm -hmm. Um, Jeezy was the headliner, babyface Ray and Antonio Brown. Um, and it was our first concert. We, we did, uh, it was, it went off great. No, no, uh, issues. Everybody had a good time. Um, from what I can see from reviews, everybody enjoyed the site, site handled it well. So it's kind of the direction we're going in now. Like, Hey, why not in the summer do three or four shows? Right. Um, to be able to keep the site active, you know? It's a nice spot. I mean,
0: it's, especially like where it's located. It's close enough to the city, but far enough away from the city. Like, in, no, nobody's really going to come out there acting a the fool, right? Know, um, everybody can have a good time, especially when you put the uh, the, the restaurant in there. Oh my god,
1: right? Yeah, that's, right. that's
0: that's. Any other plans?
1: You know, I'd like to do uh, some stuff in the main building. Uh, I'd like to do a nineteen twenties theme speakeasy in on one of the floors. To where you kind of walk up, it's a secret bar and you come up to the side door because when you walk into the k Beer building hmm. it really is like walking in to the 30s, you know, it's it's a historic building and it's it, you can feel it, you know, hmm. so I'd love to just deck out a whole um, a whole area where you walk into this old creepy asylum but then you also walk into this lavish um this lavish uh, speakeasy that's decked out in the 20s, you know, have swing bands, barbershop quartets, you know, do a historic menu. Um, Just leave it like that. You know what I mean?
0: So this has turned into absolute no into probably the biggest gem of your career. Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's crazy. Like, I don't think I would have bought that for a dollar. No, no, no. Especially, you know, the the whole like the paranormal shit. Just no, excuse my language, but (laughs) but, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm cool on that right there. But um, so you got it for a dollar. You've been in operation for three years. You say? Yes. So profit-wise, you're doing fantastic. Dan. I don't mean to get into you you too much in your business.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're paying the bills, right? <laughs> I mean, build what we build took a lot of money. You know what I mean? It wasn't cheap. How the, much have you put into it so far? That, the level of haunt we've built is uh-huh. Universal Studios Disney quality. Really? We, oh yeah, it's. Uh, We've from, from our sets to our costumes, to our makeup, to our, to our tech, um, we're cutting edge in every area, literally. And how do you find the people to do that particular build? So we actually got very lucky. We were introduced to a guy named Dave Carey, who we made a partner and, uh, um, you know he started to build he's built haunts all over the world and um you know just we just got i honestly i just got lucky man I don't, <laughs> if i if I, I, I did this research and all that no i didn't I, just, I met a guy from pennsylvania who's run haunts he knew this guy this guy knew this guy you know what I mean? It's like a really close knit community and before you knew it we had a whole crew and we were building. So uh, how much how much have you guys put into it so far? We're about seven million in right now. Wow. That's a shitload of money. It's a ton of money. But we wanted to be good. You know? We knew the reputation of the building. Um, that we couldn't just have masks. And a flashlight, and you just light shit up. You know what I mean. So, so, so who actually rates haunted houses? There's a, there's a few organizations. There's uh, Haunt Finders, one of them. Um, Haunt World is another one. It's like a whole business. It's a whole industry. Really, you have this uh, this show every year called Trans World, and. Uh, at Transworld it's like the ha- it's the Halloween trade show and it is like where all the best prop makers go and mask makers and makeup artists and i mean it's it's something to see cuz these guys are truly artists they really are um, i mean and they and they're so creative
0: so they also got to be a little odd too i would imagine oh yeah yeah yeah, so yeah, oh, we're coffin.
1: all on the way, right?
0: Okay, well, there's odd, and then there's coffins in my backyard, odd. I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any coffins just laying around the house. Just, no, just, just saying. <laughs> just saying. Uh, so how often do you plan on renovating the haunted house aspect? Like like, how much do you have to put into it to remain top five or even become number one? So,
1: you, I mean you got to stay fresh, right? Um, Mm. It's like anything, you know? Um, I heard when we, when you introduced your show that one of your sponsors is a clothing line. They have to come out with new stuff all the time, or they'll just be, that was, yeah, that was cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you got to, every year you got to have some kind of something new to see, you know, it's, it's, it's always a, it's always a, a investment you know what i mean you have kids i have four what do they think they love it they think it's well i mean they think it's cool right because they see Uh. dad and you know they know that um you know we've been on five tv shows now we actually have our own tv show that airs uh October 16th on Fox Nation. It's called Secrets of the Asylum. Um, It's going to be six episodes It's about the history and the paranormal. It should be pretty cool. But we've been on Portals to Hell with Jack Osborne, Uh Um, Ghost Brothers, Destination Fear, and um, Expedition X. They just wrap, Josh Gates just wrapped that we're his first two episodes for the year, uh, this season. So, um, you know, they think it's cool. They, uh, my oldest daughter, she's 18. She's our best paranormal investigator or one of our best. I don't want to mm-hmm. say our best cause we have some phenomenal people that, that work here, but, um, you know, she just loves it. She's in our ticket booths. She's, she's, she's immersed. So my 11 year old will not go in. <laughs>
0: I'm with them. Although I will say that my daughters don't really pay attention to my podcast all that much. But my one daughter was like, uh, "Are you getting tickets? Like when you're getting tickets?" She very interested in, in the haunted house, and I'm like, "Like, a matter of fact, um for those people that are interested in going, health wise, what conditions preclude you from going in?"
1: I mean. If you have a heart condition, I wouldn't recommend coming in, right? Mm. Uh, Seizures, you know, if you're prone to seizures, it's not recommended that you come because there's a lot of strobes, a lot of noise. Um, You know, we're 100% ADA compatible. So if you're, you know, if you have mobility issues, we can accommodate you. Um, I would, you know, just heart seizures, um, Panic attacks, you know, that's a thing, right? Um, But the great thing about our haunt is we can literally get you out in eight minutes. You know what I mean? Anywhere. If you say, I'm done, get me out of here. We have like secret passageways throughout the whole thing and all of our actors are trained to spot that and we'll pull you right out and get you out. And, you know, in the into safety right so so when there's people tapping out in the middle of, of the haunted house oh absolutely all the time <laughs> so we have two floors right we have the first floor and we have the basement okay a lot of times people will make it through the first floor because the ticket comes as two attractions mm-hmm. the first floor is the asylum right so that's done as Old Asylum. The basement is the Nankin Project, and what that is, is back in the day they were taking patients from the asylum and taking them downstairs and creating an alternate being. This alternate being has since infested the workers and has basically taken over their bodies and has now escaped downstairs. So it's more futuristic, it's more kinda of sci-fi, right? It's the and- zombie
0: apocalypse type of stuff.
1: Kind of, kind of, sort of, right? Yeah, and um, they uh, they instead of uh, going through the second haunt, they'll just get through the first one and be like, "I'm good. I don't need to go to the bottom." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so and,
0: I was like my uh, scary ass. <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs> I've never been good
0: with with scary movies or like the scary things. Is I come home and have nightmares for a week. Mm -hmm. just not me uh
1: (laughs) does it scare you you know i mean i get scared when i go through absolutely um you know because it's it's designed to do that but it doesn't terrify me um because i know that uh you know i know it's just all theatrical right and and then not even so much the haunting of the building scares me anymore As you know, I, I have a mutual respect for whatever's here. Mm-hmm. I don't taunt. I don't, you know, I'm not prideful. I mean, I'm just, you know, basically I've asked, I've asked permission, you know, like, look, I gotta, if you don't want this building gone and you want it to stay, I need to do these things to keep this thing open. You know, I hope you don't mind, you know, I mean, the way I look at it is these people were disrespected in life. I yeah. mean, damn to do it in death. You know,
0: that's okay. an interesting way to look at it. You know, because most people would just provide the capital and keep it moving. Yeah. It sounds like you've taken a, a more of a caretaker approach.
1: It's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Okay. God's the responsibility, right?
0: I, I can respect that completely. Is Do you look to do more of these type of projects or is this it?
1: No, this is it, man. <laughs> <laughs> apartments where I just got to collect the rent once a month and fix the sink every once in a while. You
0: know, how is that? Is that uh, like... Do you prefer, being, you prefer
1: being a landlord? Yeah, I really love the art of the deal. You know what I mean? That's something that's always fascinated me. I love real estate. I love finance. Um, and I love, you know, taking an idea, because essentially any real estate project that you do, right, starts mm-hmm. off with an idea. Taking an idea and actually building it, and people live there. To me, it's really cool, you know. You don't
0: speaking, know, though, people somebody gets shitted on, shitted in the deal, and it's usually you know not necessarily people that lived in that apartment building, but grandma that lived next door or somebody lived across the street. How do you deal with that?
1: <laughs> you know, I, I guess you just deal with it on an individual basis, right? It's it's per. I, I don't think there's any standard. It's just. You know, what's the situation? How do you address it better? Make mm-hmm. sure you meet everybody's needs and you know, try to de-escalate the situation. Cause you know, calm calmer heads always prevail, right? And if you can keep it because it's somebody's it's somebody's life, right? Yes. You know, where they live, it's their address. It's important, yeah. you know. I always look at it like that, right? It's yeah. not rent payment, it's their address. You know I've, I've been
0: through that before um we stayed off of jefferson for i don't know maybe two years and the place that we stayed in me and my mom's they were the city was basically actively buying up everything because they wanted to tear it all down and build little baby mansions and they they the way they went about it was although they did pay people fairly but not everybody is about a dollar and those yeah. people that, that weren't about the dollar, they're pretty cold about it. It
1: was a you business.
0: It, 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 exactly. And for, like, it's one thing when, when Joe Blow, who's a financier, does it. It's another thing when somebody you elected does it. You know, they're supposed to have your best interest at heart. It's a tough pill to swallow. Sure. Know? But like I say, like we got treated fairly. I will say that, you know, I'm like you know, she got she got paid fairly, and we didn't even own the house. So, you know, but yeah, it was a it's an interesting dynamic that I've have seen both sides. Have you ever been on
1: the other end of it? Absolutely. Really? Yeah when I when my parents moved from Detroit to Mount Clemens back in the day. Mm-hmm. We lived in uh, the Joy Road projects in the townhouses. Uh, and, you know, it was not the nicest place, right? Uh, and they, Clinton Township didn't care about you, right? So, mm-hmm. you know. I came from meager means, I guess. <laughs> you know, none was really ever-handed to me. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel you on that.
1: I had to grind for everything. And Joy
0: Road has not changed much, no matter where you at on Joy Road. <laughs> like, at least in Detroit, <laughs> yeah. that, that that McDonald's on Joy Road in South, Southfield, I still won't go to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, if people let, let people know where where um where they purchase tickets, um, where it's located.
1: Um, yeah, www.elowesasylum.com. Um, is where you get your tickets, located at uh, Michigan and Merriman Road between Merriman and Henry Ruff on the west side. Um, Parking is on site. We recommend you park with us because Kroger already sent us a letter that if people park in Kroger this year, they're getting towed. So let me get that out there. They're not playing no more. And the funny thing, you want to hear a funny story about that? So for two years, the guy owns a strip mall, right? And Kroger over there, Mm he was charging us rent, right? We were paying him because people were parking over there. So we were paying him. Oh, I think he got a phone (laughs) call. Yeah, shut it up. Uh, Come to find out, he doesn't even own the line. Kroger's does. Isn't that crazy? Um, Isn't that a lawsuit? Yeah, I guess so but who are you gonna chase you know that co- guy is fraud yeah but it's actually it co- a crime costs a lot of money to file a lawsuit I learned all that too right actually you what work?
0: you do is you had a state prosecutor's ass and then then while I was going through that you saw him yeah
1: but uh no it's uh uh it's the only only haunted attraction in an old asylum that's truly haunted in the state so we're not your local strip mall haunted attraction we are we're the best and i'm not ashamed to say that
0: well, that's, that's why you're intellectually petty radio I don't, do. <laughs> I don't you know if you're second you're last like yeah like, right ricky bobby <laughs> <laughs> um i definitely want to thank you for stopping by man this has been yeah. enlightening to say the least um, and, and I want to thank Mikey, um uh, again for, for hooking this up. Mikey's just a phenomenal individual. He is. Um, and my, Mikey, I tell you, the guy knows everybody everywhere. Absolutely. No, uh, um, if you ever, well, we were probably talking behind the scenes, but if you need anything, let me know, um, whatever I can do to help you out, man. Um, I'm always here for you. Uh, and I'm definitely going to send my kids up there to check it out. I myself will stay my ass at home. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, man, anything you want to say before we we uh tap out?
1: Nah, man, I appreciate you having me, and uh good luck, man, and come see us. It's worth yeah. to-
0: Let me know when you have a, 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 another concert. I'll be there. I will. Yeah, for I'm, sure. I'll, I'll be to that one. Um, okay.
1: <laughs> It'll on be outside. It won't we'll be inside.
0: That perfect for me. <laughs> On that note, man, you have a great one. Um, um and Salute to y'all for tapping in.
1: All right, man. All
0: right. Peace. Yeah. Yo, uh, and don't forget, man, go check out Eloise Asylum in Westland, Michigan. Top five in the country. Absolutely number one in the state. Haunted houses. Uh, man, I didn't even get, get off into the panic room, the escape room much. I forgot about that until just now. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I might actually go tap in for that one, but I don't, anyway, man, y'all go check him out. <laughs> I'm going to take my scary ass back upstairs. <laughs> y'all have a good one. I'm out.